It goes like this. In Mark chapter 5, there is a miracle about a woman who touches the hem of Jesus' garment and she is healed. Now Jesus being, without a doubt, the one person. I'll tell you what, sit where you are. I'll sit on the edge of the stage. Sit where you are. Because the others have already, oh no, I need a bar stool so I can can see you. Just where you are. It won't be long. You'll be fine. Concrete's fine. Jesus being, um, production, don't try and follow me on the screens because I'm, uh, Jesus being the one person in history that we know could speak the word and over distance could heal. Oh, that's very good. Is that you? Oh, that's very good. That's so good. Uh, Jesus could speak the word and in another town somebody would be healed. He did it with the centurion's servant. So the question becomes, how does the woman get healed if we're not in the room and she's got nothing to touch? And the reason why that idea is so impactful and the conversation I want to have with you is that um, there are people in this room that are called And if you respond to the call of God to be Christ on the earth in representation, then you go through this refiner's process. But then a calling is complemented by an anointing. And when an anointing, when a called person goes through the refining process and then receives an anointing, when they enter into a space or are present in a space, there's something tangible and touchable about a healing Jesus Christ. And I I think we need to call to an end the long-distance relationship with Jesus calling, presence, anointing, and healing. We've got to be in a space where people who are anointed are present to serve the lost, the hurting, the brokenhearted, the captive, and and the injured. So tonight, usually our messages are um, about wooing people to a wonderful Savior. But tonight, it's a little different. I want to shake loose those of you who know you are called and you've been resting since 2019. You must wrap that up now. You must wrap that up now. And I'll tell you why that's so important. I've stood, I've, I've enjoyed the last couple of years. You listen to this, listen to that. I've heard a lot of messages online and in person all over. The content is very good. It's accurate, but not anointed. And the reason why that's important is that you get smart Christians, but you don't get supernatural Christians when you have content that's correct, but not anointed. And I think that the 
what the church needs to be in the earth is a supernatural place where the woman who's tried everything else, the man who's tried everything else, can come into the presence of a Savior and in the act of reaching, receiving, and in a moment, something changes. And someone has to say, who touched? Something touched. I was touched. I felt power, Jesus said, Mark 5. Virtual power, leave the body and touch somebody. Do you know that's one of those things that very hard to do from a distance. There are quite a lot of Jesus' miracles that were tangible. He spat on the ground, touched the eye. It's very tangible. Even Peter, when he got out the boat and was about to sink, Jesus lifted him up. There are Peters in the world today, in this room today, they don't need a long distance impact on their lives. They need a hand to lift them up out of their, their drowning or sinking state. Somebody needs, to this day, the laying on of hands for a blind eye to open. And somebody needs somewhere to reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. So tonight, my real call is this. The word I wanted to preach in fullness was on, 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 on standing in the gap. There are a lot of gaps in the body of Christ and in this church. And I'm calling for called people to get anointed and come stand in the gap. There's a whole generation of you. There are youth pastors needed, student pastors, young adult pastors, worship pastors needed. There are disciple makers needed, caregivers, ministry team, anointed ministers, you've got to shake loose because the need in the world today is far greater than it has ever been before and we just can't leave it and say, I'm fine, I'm fine. And perhaps today, the defining moment for a lot of you, this will be like, "Oh, that's too intense. It's too radical. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be any more involved than I am." Thanks. But it only takes about twelve, you know. We don't need everybody, but we can't have nobody. That's a problem. The book of Acts, the Ephesians, Greeks, they were very worked up. They were very worried because they had a false god and they were selling idols to the tourists of the false god and they heard the disciples are coming. They said, we better be careful of these 12 disciples. The men who shook up the world and turned it upside down are heading to our town. And you need a handful. But you need a handful of people who are anointed. And that's the call. So tonight, I'm really inviting you to step up. Uh, there are a couple of ways I think we have to do that. I'll do it quick. I'll do it really quick because Vince still wants to lead us in like a power song. I mean, he's really gotten his spring. Uh, I, I mean, and can we just talk a moment about Aya? 
because until tonight, I realized I've been waiting too calmly. When he said, that's how you wait, I was like, yes, that is how you wait. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you, you need to do it a couple of ways. I think one of the ways is, there are three things I had in mind. You don't have to put it up on the screen. Uh, you have to feel grafted somewhere. Grafted into a vine. This free-range Christianity where I'm a member of the whole body everywhere, but nobody somewhere, is not an anointing. I don't know what that is. How are you going to be eating in people's houses where you aren't there helping prepare food? Now the anointing is coming. You've got to stop it. Eating here, eating here, eating here, eating here, and then it's time. Can you help a bit? Can you give a bit? Can, oh, it's, not, it's not my house. You know, it's not my house. I'm going. The other house has got curry tonight. I'm going to that house. Stop it. Get grafted. And if you don't, we're just going to ask. I'm, I'm legitimately praying, graft who you need to. There's a very fine difference between grafting and pruning. It looks the same. One's in. Too harsh. Got to get grafted. Secondly, you, you, you need to get, you need an armor. You know, uh, take on the full armor of God so that you might, uh, in the time of the fiery darts, take your stand and having done all to stand. How do you stand in the gap? With some armor. You got to, that's how you stand in the gap. You say, well, I'm, I'm equipped and I'm ready. I'm grafted and I'm defending. I'm fighting for and I'm, I'm there for. I think, I think that um, you need to be grafted and, and, and you need to have armor. And then I think you, you need to have a faith that is more than words but also demonstration of power. There must be more to it than talk. There must be the authority of God. Paul writes and says, uh, we know you received the gospel well because it came to you not only in wise and persuasive words, 1 Thessalonians, but also in demonstration of the Spirit's power. Hey, that works out nicely because I planned it that way. G for grafting and A for armor and P for power. And that's a gap filled. I'd love to say it just came to me, but it did on like Wednesday. So I guess uh, this is that defining moment. I'm going to go through the whole church in our church life and go, is this a person who's called, grafted, and anointed? If they're not, they shouldn't be in that role. Somebody should be in that role who is called, grafted, and anointed. That's the way it works. It's okay. It's all right. Because that's what produces, I think, the healing people need. And it creates an atmosphere in which it's safe for a sinner to stretch. You see, if you don't do that, you've got people who are not anointed, they don't feel grafted, they don't feel called, they create an atmosphere of embarrassment, shame, or condemnation. And a person in need doesn't feel safe to stretch. But you create an atmosphere of grafted, anointed people of authority. It's safe. It's safe. And I think that's the call.
Hey, last verse. And then Vince, what are, you, what are, you, what are we going to sing? It's a surprise. Every pastor loves to hear that. Rafana. Um, those of you who are into reading uh, the Bible, which I think is a very good idea, uh, don't believe everything preachers tell you. Uh, they sometimes mischievous. Um, in the book of Nehemiah, so the guy's building a wall. It's the biblical definition of filling a gap. But halfway through, um, some people got upset that they were building a wall that was so strong that they realized they couldn't penetrate it anymore, so they got nervous. They said, well, now these people are becoming too strong. But here's the power of the verse in Nehemiah. It says this, when the children of Israel filled all the gaps, that there was no longer a place in the wall that was weak. Sanballat said, these people are becoming too strong. You know, when you've got gaps in your life, you feel weak. When a church has gaps, it feels weak. When the body of Christ has gaps, it feels weak. But you close those gaps and your enemy realizes these people are too strong now. I think there's a call, a duty on us to be strong and courageous and do mighty exploits on God's behalf in our generation. We've always been a church that's joyful. We laugh a bit. We cry a bit. We believe in the authority of Jesus and in inviting every kind of unchurched person to the house of God. And that is who we will be going forward. We have to shake off any desire to appease a critic and instead build on the desire to reach the lost. And I'm, I'm really challenging you. Um, I literally know some of you by name. If this was like a full-on like charismatic style church, I'd be full-on walking up to you and by name saying, Get up in Jesus' name. Get up in Jesus' name. Get up. In... I'm looking down here because I don't want to look. And maybe uh, you hadn't thought of it that that's why you're around. Maybe you see gaps in the church and you think, I wonder if they shouldn't fix that. Jesus is fixing it. It's you. That's why he's, you see the gap. And I think... When the church of Jesus Christ, by all names and brands, don't worry about that, is, has filled its gaps, uh, the world is going to be able to stretch. And a, a, he, a healing will happen in the nations uh, of the world. And so, as we, as we worship in a moment, um, maybe in your heart, make a commitment I'm going to take it further, uh, and we'll, we'll be finished, like, definitely by now, Navens. <laughs> joking, joking, joking. We finished at 7.30, and there's, like, food I think you can buy outside. So, Burevos rolls and pancakes. I saw the pancake guy there, and there's red band or whatever. I mean, supper sorted. Hashtag. Supper sorted. Um, 
I do want to take it further. Would you close your eyes for a moment? If, if perhaps tonight your, the tug on your heart is to respond to the grafting, armoring, and empowering, and you realize, hey man, I am called and I need to honor the Lord. I need to do my due diligence so that I might receive an anointing. of the, I want to be anointed, not just, not just good, but anointed. I want to respond to that. Just where you are, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything more than that. But I, I do feel like a nudge is necessary to be responded to with a gesture. I just want to pray for you. And if that's where you're at, just raise your hand long enough for me to sit and say, I think I get it. I think, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, would you stand with me? Then we can go straight from this power prayer into, into the song of worship. But would you stand? I, I am going to pray that the Lord will release called and anointed people in this room tonight. We'll release you. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that heaven is calling our name. And Father, we open our ears, we're attentive, let he who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying. That instruction repeated again and again in the New Testament is a reminder to keep a tender heart and an ability to hear the small, still voice. We will not sleep when what is called for is to awake and arise and shine. We will not sleep while foxes come into the vineyards to eat at the fruit while we ignore them. We will not sleep when the trumpet sounds and we must make ready for battle. Would you teach us that in this next season, our calling is important and anointing is important. Our being ready is important. And right now in the name of Jesus, I call out men and women appointed by the Lord for a time such as this. Rise up, ministers of God. Worship leaders of God, pastors of the Lord, disciple makers of the Lord, rise up in the name of Jesus. Be set free from your own injury, your own disappointment, your own discouragement, because the time has come for you to carry the brokenhearted, to heal those who are discouraged and discontented. Shake loose the shackles of your indifference, because the time has come for a strong voice, a powerful voice, a voice of authority in this land and the nations of the world. Rise up. Minister of God, child of God, father and mother, disciple maker, preacher, server, rise up and be present in Jesus' name.